Hello, friends. It's so good to see you all. Um, we have noticed that uh, when we only go live on our homemade family page on Facebook, I think we're kind of like shadow banned and people don't really see us on there. So we are going live to our Facebook pages now, um, our personal pages again, so that you guys can join us. However, I highly recommend that if you would like to check out our videos, that you go over to YouTube and look up the homemade family yes. and you can like and subscribe on there and then they will send you like note you can sign up for notifications for whenever we post new videos. Um, also on the when we put those Facebook posts up, you can click that get reminded so that it uh, helps you remember that we are live. Yes. Uh, sometimes I like to listen to videos after they're posted and not live because I like to listen to them on like one and a half or two times speed because <laughs> I'm a busy mom. <laughs> so anyway, sometimes that's a great way to do it too. But that's why um, catching it over on like Spotify or on the YouTube channel can be better if you like to listen yes. fast. Yep. So we are, for now, we are uh, going to be streaming these live to both of our personal pages, but only through the end of the year. So if you want to be notified that we are doing these, then you need to go over to Homemade Family on Facebook right now and like that page. And, uh, and then as soon as we go live on our Homemade Family page, then it will notify you that we are doing this, that we're here. Yes. So you guys are welcome to comment and give us feedback and stuff here too on these. And uh, today's topic is actually coming from a Facebook message that we received from someone um, saying like, hey, we are so opposite. My spouse and I are so opposite. Help. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How do you guys get along so yes. well? <laughs> well, and, and it's kind of funny because that along with wow, you guys story is so inspiring. I love your story. Um, those have been kind of the two biggest comments that we've had so far that are specific. We've had a lot of excitement about this, uh, these videos and this podcast that we're doing. Um, but for the most part, the specific comments we've had are your story is inspiring. And wow, you guys seem like you've got so much figured out, but I'm so different from my spouse. My spouse and I are so painfully different help. And, um, and so today we are going to dive a little bit deeper into our story, uh, to reveal, um, more of the bumps that we discovered in early years, because we are nothing like each other at all. Complete, complete opposites. opposites. Yep. So, um, Many of you guys have heard our story before, but we'll just give a quick recap for those who haven't heard our story. Um, it's kind of wild and super beautiful, but it did make for a rough uh, beginning of marriage. So um, Nathaniel had been praying for a wife for two years and I uh, was pretty, <clears throat> I was divorced and very happily married to Jesus and no one else um, until one day the Lord told me that Nathaniel was going to be my husband. And he also talked to Nathaniel about me being his wife. And the next thing you know, we were engaged. Never um, dated. We never, ever dated. We knew each other from spending time together in the prayer room. Not and... hanging out, <laughs> not having conversations 
we barely ever talked to each other in in-depth conversations. Yes. Like truly, we had no idea who the other one was, except that I very much loved the way that he prayed so passionately in the prayer room. And he liked the way that I prayed and how we worshiped and God just came and did amazing things. And in those days, I was a little bit young and wild and I didn't really know that maybe it wasn't the best idea to just marry a stranger because God said so. And um, so we got married six weeks after we got engaged. <laughs> um, his parents went to the church and they knew me and he asked his dad, like, if you could pick a wife for me, who would you pick? And he's like, I'd pick Amy. So it's not like we did this. Um, completely random. We did or without counsel or without or, counsel. Yeah. Okay. So what we did do without <laughs> counsel though, was getting married after only being engaged for six weeks. So fast. In fact, we had quite a bit of counsel saying, don't do that. <laughs> um, and we completely ignored everybody. I don't recommend that. Yeah. Um, but we're spontaneous people. And we just <laughs> like whatever, <laughs> Yeah. I don't highly recommend that either, but it's worked for us and God has Most been so gracious. Yeah. So we got Excuse engaged, me. we got married six weeks later and um, before getting engaged, we had never dated. And so after we got engaged, I was like, can we start hanging out and like dating now? And he's like, that would be a great idea. So yeah. we're hanging out. And the more that I got to know Nathaniel, I was like, this guy is so different from me. There's no way that this is going to work. Like I lived by my daytimer and planner and structure. You remember what oh, daytimers by the way, are? <laughs> I'm eight years older than Nathaniel is. And That's I true. had already managed a business, bought and sold a house, houses, ran businesses. Like I had been married and then divorced. And so like I had all this world experience and he was fresh out of college, fresh out of college, still living in, I mean, I had just graduated, <laughs> but I'm still living in my parents' basement. Didn't, hadn't ever lived anywhere, but college and home. Yep. Yeah, hadn't run a, a business, career. hadn't been in business, <laughs> had no interest in being in business, had nothing, no clue of like putting life together. Yeah. So we were probably three weeks into our dating engagement and three weeks away from marriage. And we were sitting at a Panera. I remember this so clearly. Mm -hmm. And Nathaniel's the over table. there. Yep. Just talking away. And I'm probably just smiling and nodding. But inside <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus, this is <clears throat> never going to work unless you change me like completely and make me like him because I have no idea how this is going to work. He's just way too different. And the Lord just stopped me and he said, actually, Amy, I don't want you to be like Nathaniel. Mm -hmm. um, you need him to be like him and he needs you to be like you. In fact, Nathaniel's never going to reach the calling on his life if if he doesn't have the skill sets and the, and the personality that you have. And Amy, you're not going to reach the calling on your life if you don't have the skill sets and, and grace that's on Nathaniel's life. And so the Lord just kind of stopped me from that place of, you know, me going, oh my gosh, this is never going to work. We're way too different. And the Lord saying, no, actually you need what he has to succeed. And I was and like, I need what she has <laughs> to succeed. And I went, yes, I can help that man succeed. I'm very administrative. I'll tell him what to do. Yes. <laughs> I'm not bossy. I'm just administrative. <laughs> yes. She's not bossy. She just knows what you should be doing. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so 
What are, Nathaniel, some of the ways that we are different? Well, um, I mean, we've talked a little bit about some of this. So um, I am, Amy is extremely task oriented. Um, I am extremely relationship oriented. Um, so we have a, a, a I'll kind of run through just a, a, a list and then we'll go and tell some stories. Um, I'm extremely sentimental. Amy is extremely practical. Um, I am a night owl. She's a morning person. Uh, and oh, by the way, when we first got married, I was just out of college. So I was used to staying up till at least two in the morning and she worked the morning shift at a coffee shop. So she was getting up at three in the morning. So literally I'm going to bed when she's getting up. Yep. Um, and I, I'm going to use some terms that they would need a lot more explanation, but there's a lot of meaning behind these. Um, I'm a very global uh, person in how I uh, receive and interact with information. Amy's very analytic. Um, I, I'm an external processor. She's an internal processor. Uh, discovering that probably saved our marriage. Um, yeah, I mean, th these things have been huge. So just going back to the relational and, and the task, we have a, a funny story about that. Um, so probably two things that have really helped save our marriage more than any other was learning the the difference between an internal internal and external processor, how we um, how we listen to and communicate information. Um, we'll do a whole day just on that sometime. Yeah. Um, the other one was this assessment that a friend of ours, who's a high level business coach, she gave us this assessment and walked us through it, and it helped us define how we see the world and how we see ourselves and um and and along three different uh areas how we see um people how we see the systems everything runs by and how we see the tasks within that all, all of those things in, in a situation um so um because amy's so task oriented um and if you've ever heard of the love languages it was like um, the acts of service, if you ever hear the acts of service, love language described that fit Amy to a T. She's like, if you don't, uh, there was one day, uh, she was about ready to go off to work and, um, and she's just like, I'm done. And I freaked out cause I thought that meant she'd be filing for a divorce by the end of the day. And through some conversation and just asking, what do you mean by I'm done? Um, we discovered she didn't know what I'm done meant. But in thinking it out, she realized that it just meant she needed the high chair wiped down and the dishes done before she got home. Um, and so it's just this task oriented thing. She certain tasks done in order to feel loved. A little oversimplified, but that's the idea. Um, problem was, I genuinely didn't see the things that needed done. Genuinely did not see them, was completely blind to them. And Amy finally understood just how blind I was and that it was genuinely a blindness, not a, I don't care. One day, because we had had a laundry basket full of laundry on our bed for like a week, we'll dump it out every day, intending to fold it before going to bed. Nope, we'd stuff it back in the basket, put it on the floor, go to bed. Well, one day I went to go get a kid dressed. And the laundry basket wasn't there. And so I went to go find Amy to ask where the laundry basket ha had been moved to. Where, where did it go? I need to dress our child. And I'm like, hey, have you seen the laundry that was in our bedroom? 
And she looks at me like, what's wrong with you? And she says, Nathaniel, you're standing right in the middle of the pile of laundry. And I look down at my feet and sure enough, all over our living room floor is the laundry that had been in the basket in our bedroom. I honestly hadn't even seen it. And, um, and so different things like this have helped us understand. For her, it helped her understand. I'm not intentionally ignoring things because I don't love her or because I don't want to serve her or whatever else. For me, it helped me identify, oh my goodness, I really am blind to this. I need to learn how to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was super helpful. So when we first got married, um, we I was pregnant within two or three months, we had our first baby on our 11th month anniversary. And then we had um, three babies. I had given birth three times in 27 months. That's a little over two years, nine months of pregnancy. It's it's a lot emotionally, mentally, um, physically, and hormonally <laughs> to go through so much in such a short period of time, let alone marrying somebody who was kind of a, a virtual stranger, but not really. I mean, we did a lot, a lot of work in those six weeks and in the early parts of our marriage to um, really get to know each other. But there were <laughs> so many at times, some of the funny stories right? of trying to get to know each other. Oh, my goodness. There were so many times in the early part of that marriage where we would just but heads because we were wired so differently. He talked about even night owl versus the morning person. And eventually because I had an actual job, he had to come around to my way of living, but we would get in fights because, um, Uh, when I came home, I would be working in the kitchen, trying to get dinner, do dishes, all those things. And Nathaniel who had been home, like watching the kids would be like, Hey, I want connection with you. Come and talk to me. And I'd be like, I can't talk to you. There's a mess. And, um, and so like we had to figure out that, so he's feeling rejected because I won't stop moving and sit down and have a conversation And he, and I'm feeling rejected because I'm like, look at all this stuff to do. And all he wants to do is sit around and talk. And that wasn't feeling loving to me. And so through many conflicts and conversation, we finally understood, (laughs) we understood that he could sit on one side of the counter and talk with me. And I would talk and engage with him while I moved around doing stuff and that that would work. We later found out, um, like we said, the DISC assessment, if you haven't done a DISC assessment, it's really helpful, Super helpful. to understand how people are wired. Um, but what it helped me to understand was like that, that Nathaniel truly, his brain is wired in a different way than mine is. And mine is wired in a different way than his is. So we see completely different things when we both walk into a room. Like he talked about the worldview, self-view. There are three things that a person is wired naturally for. When you walk into a room is the first thing that you see the people, then you're wired with a people view. Um, Or is it the task? You're wired for task. Or is it systems? You're wired to see how things operate. And you will always gravitate towards one of these three when you come into a new environment or even in your home environment or anything. And so Nathaniel um, is people and then systems and then task. Which means that the tasks I tend to see are the ones that help the people live in the right system. 
Yeah. It's like I'm a pastor or something. Yeah. And the way that I'm wired is I see the task and then I see the system and then I see the people, which means when I come in, if there's anything out of order or out of structure, I want to immediately accomplish the task to fix the structure and then I can engage in a relationship with somebody. Any other people out there wired that way? Um, so much so that sometimes I literally don't even see people. And mm -hmm. um, I, I had this time where I was in a group of ladies and I had gone there with the plan that I wanted to ask this one mom what she felt like she did to help um, her kids to know Jesus. And so I went to this meeting and I sat down across from her. She was on a couch. I was on a chair and I started asking her and and it was great because we were having this conversation. But then somebody next to her started chiming in with their thoughts. And I was like, oh, I didn't even see the second lady. And later I realized that there was a third lady whom I never even saw. And she maybe have even felt like left out because her kids weren't walking as well as the other ones were. But if I had even seen her, I would have engaged differently. Or if you come in, you're a guest speaker in my church, almost always I walk up to you and I'm like, here's what I need from you, blah, blah, blah. And here's how the systems work and the structures. And then I'm like, oh, wait, actually, let me back up. Hi, welcome to church. Like, thanks for coming. How are you doing? So, right. Yeah. So we have taken the tools that we learned about worldview, self-view, and whether you see people, tasks, or systems. And then we were then able to realize, really, Nathaniel does not see the laundry basket that needs to be taken care of. Sorry. And Amy does not see the relationship that needs to happen if there's a pile of garbage that needs to be taken care of first. And so what we did with that is we didn't stay broken in our systems or say, or hey, use it as a cop out to be like, well, this is who I am. Deal with it. We've actually trained ourselves to see things differently. Yeah. So I'm still much more natural to see the people first and, and the systems and then the tasks, but I've grown to be able to see all of them more clearly. And, um, and same with Amy, she has worked to see the people, to put people on a higher priority uh, than, than the tasks and to put, to, to not always, because like, here's the deal. <clears throat> we have a family of seven and our five kids, they know how to make messes like professionals. And so if, if Amy could never connect with people meaningfully until all of the to-do list was done, she would never have any relationship with any of, of our family. Mm -hmm. And so she has had to learn to lay those things down. On the other hand, there have been a lot of conversations we've had where Amy's like, I feel so alone in just taking care of the things around the house. And I have to hear her, even if I'm already doing the best I know to do, I can, I need to hear her that I still need to try to step up my game and I need to challenge, be partner with her in challenging the kids to also step up their game so that she doesn't feel alone. And in reality, she does carry the lion's share of the, the tasks around the house. I might carry the lion's share of the sticky relationship conversations that need to happen with our kids. Um, would you say that's true? Yes, very true. Yeah. Um, so I just want to kind of draw back to the point of what we're talking about today being yep. 
um, help were wired so differently. So when you discover that you are wired differently, like we, like, I feel so grateful that we had this disc assessment that helped us to actually. Just to clarify, I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. That, that world yourself view thing is actually not strictly part of the disc. Okay. It was packaged in with the disc because of the coach who got us that assessment. Um, but if you just go online and you find a disc assessment, um, it won't be part of that. So mm -hmm. anyway. So um, first of all, if you are very different from your spouse or they're doing things that are really frustrating to you, first thing I would do is like, hey, you know what? Maybe they're actually wired this way. And it takes the conversations of saying, hey, I, I realize that you're oriented task and I'm oriented people. So how can we make this work so that we both feel satisfied with the other and it doesn't become this place of contention but rather a place of okay i know that he is people oriented and he actually needs real connect sit down connection and he is understanding that i actually am very task oriented and i need this because that's how i'm wired and and not that we stay in a place where we aren't growing but how can we work together so that both of us feel satisfied and that's where we came to the I'm okay with you sitting while I'm working and we just have a conversation that way. Or he has learned to find the tasks and get them out of the way so that when I come home, we can have that meaningful connection. So um, the first thing is understanding that, that your spouse or partner maybe isn't just trying to be ignorant or mean or selfish to take all those things from you or not help you but rather it's actually probably a God-given wiring. And so how can you guys work together to figure that out? Right. So <clears throat> um, with anybody's strengths, strengths are always a double-edged sword because where you're strong in one area, chances are pretty good. You're going to be weak in a corresponding area. And where I'm weak, there's potential um, there's not potential. There's guarantee I'm going to disappoint and hurt Amy in some way, shape or form at some point in time, even somewhat regularly. <laughs> and the same way, vice versa, where she's strong, there are corresponding weaknesses that might frustrate me. Now, especially let's, I mean, we're talking mostly about just the one difference of being task or being relational. Like, where I'm strong relationally and weak in task, that happens to be an area where she's strong. So that can be a even bigger frustration for her, depending on how she looks at it, or vice versa, it can be a bigger frustration to me, like, why don't you get this? Why don't you see this? Like, we can focus on the negative, or we can take responsibility for the way that we think about each other to keep looking for ways that that our spouse's strengths actually are strengths, not annoyances. Yeah. Um, we have a lot more that we'd like to cover, but I'm keeping an eye on the time. So I yeah. think this will be just the last point for this. And then we'll have to come back and do another show <clears> on <throat> this to cover the rest of the points. But 
um, shortly into our marriage, uh, I was driving down the road and the Lord just kind of, I, I probably was having some grumbling in my heart about uh, my husband and the things that I was really annoyed with him about, and maybe even praying about at that time. <laughs> and the Lord just said, Amy, the health of your marriage is dependent on your thought life. And that just stopped me in my tracks. And um, I, like I said, I had been married and divorced before. And I know that a lot of the reason for that divorce was because I just was focusing on everything that he did wrong. And I don't know, ladies, if you are aware of this, but a lot of times when ladies get together, they like to gripe and complain about all their husband's shortcomings. And maybe we don't call it griping and complaining. We laugh about their, oh, they did this and it was so dumb or whatever. And so I just realized that that's actually the place where marriage breaks down is how I'm going to think about my husband and what it is about him that I'm going to focus on. So is Nathaniel a perfect man? In my eyes, he is, <laughs> you know, um, I'm all, still working on it, but all of us, all of us have things that are our weaknesses, you know? But those aren't the things about Nathaniel that I choose to focus on. I yeah. find the things that inspire me about him. I find the things that I find cute or sexy about him. I find I find the ways that he tries. And those are the things that I feast on. Yeah. Um, I, I read a proverb or not a proverb. It was part of Psalm 119. And it says, like seven times a day, I praise you. And I started mm -hmm. thinking about that, like with the Lord, what if we intentionally turned our heart to praise God seven times a day? And how would that change our relationship? But really after the Lord spoke that to me about the health of my marriage starts in my mind, I, I, I honestly do probably seven to 10 or 20 or 30 times a day. will think about what it is I love about Nathaniel. He does this so well. Oh, his blue eyes. Oh, his smile. Oh, the way that he, you know, um, helps the kids with things. And I really do feast on that. There's, there's um, actual scientific evidence about how to increase joy in your life. Mm -hmm. And they say that one of the keys of that is you take something normal or just a little funny, and then you up you it. exaggerate you, it a little exaggerate bit. Exaggerate it. Yeah. Laugh harder. Like just begin to do that. And so I feel like that's a key for spouses too. What is the thing that I truly love about him? And then I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to speak it over him all the time. You do this so well. I love when you do that. And you guys, this is a it's so powerful. It is super powerful, but you know what? At first it's a choice, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like love, it is a choice. Like I had to stop looking at the ways that he was failing or his shortcomings or the things that annoyed me to death and just start focusing on the things that I love about him. Yeah. And you know what? We actually do this with our kids sometimes too. There, it, it, We seem to go in cycles where uh, i mean i feel like we're getting longer between the cycles fortunately but um but we going so we've we've been going around in cycles where periodically our kids are just at each other and they're more irritable with each other and it's and we're starting to hear the you always blah 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 and or those kinds of things and they're jumping to the negatives as like the negative about each other is the first thing in their mind and it's the forefront of their mind and it's what they're looking for because it's what they're thinking about. And so we'll actually pause it 
like have them at the end of every day. We'll have everybody sit down and be like, you know, what is something that you're thankful for about each person in the family? What's something good you saw somebody do today? We'll look, we'll, we'll, it, we'll, we call it just, let's do compliments. And everybody's looking for compliments and they can compliment themselves as well. And so it just starts retraining their brain. And usually they'll have to do it for like a month because that's about brain science. It's about how long it takes to just shift the way that our brains are wired. And, um, and so that's just practical tips. Like, especially you can, you can actually accelerate the impact of this. If you write down at the end of the day, at least three things, those three pieces write down at the end of the day, at least three things, um, good about your spouse. And then your subconscious brain will meditate on those things all night long. And you'll find that you start seeing a lot more good that your spouse is doing that they were doing beforehand, but you didn't see it. And you'll stop seeing as much of the negative stuff or the negative stuff won't hurt as bad. It won't be as weighty. Yeah. In fact, that's what, that's the first assignment that we do with every couple that comes to us for counseling. It's true. As we ask, what do you like or love about your spouse? What did yeah. they do well? And we have them listed out and then we have them focus on those things. And it's amazing a week later when they come back to us, how much has changed yeah. when they've actually made the choice to see what they like instead of what they don't like. Now, does it yep. fix every problem? No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> That's deeper things. But <clears throat> it is step one. And people come back like so much better when they've actually slowed down stopped being hurt and offended and actually started focusing on the thing they like the best about their spouse yeah. instead of the thing they like the worst about their spouse. Yeah. Oftentimes they come back and they say, we just realized that I like 95% of what my spouse does. Yep. It's this tiny, it's percent tiny percent that I have been letting ruin the entire thing. Yep. So, um, I think for that, uh, is going to be what we're going to wrap up with today. So yep. two keys, two keys for helping you get along with a spouse that you are vastly, are different, vastly from. different from. One is realizing that God probably wired them that way. They're not intentionally trying to do something they to annoy strengths. you. <laughs> yeah. Their strengths and we can view them that way and lean on them uh, for their strength uh, that compensates for our weakness. And then yeah. the second thing is just, um, choosing to see or take the time to see what you do like and then focus on that. Tell it to them. Tell them, this is what I like about you. And and let them, they'll probably start to turn it back. And, you know, I think yeah. next week we can probably just keep going with this because there really was a season for about three years, um, you guys, when I was miserable and I was mean and crabby and I was not the woman that Nathaniel married. I had gone in the tank and it was horrible. And so what do you do when your spouse is like a horrible person to live with? Um, and how Nathaniel made some really amazing choices to, to keep pursuing even in the midst of that. Um, but again, these are all just how do we, how do we live with someone who's so different? Okay. Yes. That's a great teaser for next week. So yeah. Um, Amy, why don't you just pray us out and we will, will do. wrap it up. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time together. Mm -hmm. Daddy, I pray blessing over um, these relationships and couples and God that you have wired each person so uniquely and so differently. But Lord, every person is an aspect of who you are and your personality. And Lord, that we would come to treasure the strengths of our spouse and where they're weak, that we would come in and strengthen them in that area, Lord, so that uh, we get a more complete picture and fullness of who you are. Lord Jesus, I just bless uh, marriages and relationships that they would be strengthened, Lord, that you would help them to have eyes to see the gold and the goodness that you've hidden in each each of their family members. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks Remember, you can for... find us on YouTube, on insightnow.co, on the homemade, homemade family, family. <laughs> all kinds of places, and on any place podcasts are heard. So like and like share. Like and share, subscribe, et cetera. Thank you. Bless, Bless you. Guys. Bye. Bye.